Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. So favorite draft day moments in Panthers history, draft day moments ever. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. this stuff. Hold on. It's Wes. We got to say R.I.P. to Springer. You know what I'm saying? Jerry Springer. And Walker. Wes, I'm going to ask you a question. What's up? It is the day of the number one overall selection. This is true. And you told me to stop talking about the NFL draft. Just to real say, quick. hold on, let's send an RIP out to Jerry Springer. He's a part of our show, though. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. He's a part of our show. Wait. <laughs> One more hour to go on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Got a few texts I want to read. Spence said Walker Dean Smith passed on Cornbread Maxwell, paving the way for Maxwell to come to Charlotte. And he took Charlotte to the Final Four. So that's one recruiting story we've been going through. And uh, Cornbread Maxwell being a legend, not only in the city, but also with the Boston Celtics, man. So that's a good story from Spence writing in on the but text shoot, line. When you get all the guys that Dean Smith has gotten, you're definitely going to have some misses just oh, because yeah. he gets such a plethora of riches at Chapel Hill. I mean, goodness gracious. Oh, yeah. You're definitely going to get some misses. And uh, that was one that benefited Charlotte. Was there one in basketball that we think about even more so, Fitty? Like, I know Wes did not want to talk about that. I just didn't know if there was another <laughs> basketball name that you could think of that Carolina really missed out on. Yeah, no, I mean... I like I wanted Zion, but not with the way that you had to get Zion to, you know, go 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 play for you. Because um, I don't think you should be giving you know parents houses to come play basketball for you. Well, you might have missed out on a few too if Carolina got um, yeah, just, okay. Maybe I'm trying to think that. I mean, I can remember being in Spanish class in college when they got Seventh Woods losing. That's the one that everyone was excited for that didn't live up to Well, the because he was the first big recruit to commit since the NCAA investigation was underway. Well, also Nas Little was like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Nazir Little was really good. Um, I remember being a lot more excited for Kobe White than everybody else. Yeah, was. I, I mean, was like, why are you guys not realizing this guy's going to be a problem? Yeah, dude, because his mixtape coming out of high school was, was fierce. I remember seeing Dexter Strickland. On a show that airs, I think on WSOC, the Sports Stars of Tomorrow, and he committed. And the way that they put his package together, I thought he was going to be the next dude in the backcourt. Um, he wasn't the next dude in the backcourt, and has since changed his name to Baden Jackson Jr. on Twitter. Okay, I did not know that. Um, yeah, I remember this. 704 said Carolina missed out on Donovan Mitchell. He actually appeared on the I Theo saw Pinson something podcast. about that the other day, yeah. Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell didn't come here. Also, there Did we pl- miss out on him, though? Because we want a natty. So right. I'd rather have Justin Jackson than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, people are writing in Jamison Curry. Like, that's the one that people mm-hmm. will reference quite a bit. Last one for me. What about Shaq? Shaq, remember we talked about this a while back. Shaquille talked about going to North Carolina and instead of going, he went to LSU. There's him. I think it was like on a late night talk show or something like that. It was, I, I I don't feel like it was something with Dean, but he, he loves Dean. Now he said that was his fault for thinking the way he did about Dean at the time, but something went wrong, but he talked about how North Carolina might've had him. And that, that was a tough been. one. Think about Ooh. that. That would have been early nineties. So you're talking about, he was gone by the time they won the championship in 93. 
But with Shaq on the squad, I think they might would have gotten <laughs> yeah. it in 92. Yeah, you're talking about 92, <laughs> 91. Yeah, you probably would have won a little bit more there. All right, from uh, one recruit that North Carolina didn't land to another out of his church league basketball days, let's now go to Josh Fitty Marlowe with the Live Wire. Live Wire Connect. Live Wire's on the team Connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The uh, I know y'all like to clown the church league joke, but if y'all have seen my mixtape, you'd have known <laughs> your boy was a problem. He, and he had people leaving the church, still praying, asking God to help them learn how to guard me. I like the mixtape, having the the different colored lights coming in through the stained glass, watching you <laughs> lay it up. <laughs> That's how the mixtape goes in my head when I think of Fitty just not dunking on people, but laying it up on people. Um, One man in the NFL media who's not afraid to tell you what he thinks or tell you how you feel uh, is, is Mike Florio. And on the latest edition of Pro Football Talk, he said that Sunday's fan... A turnout, if you will, was a message to ownership here in Carolina. Panthers fans made a statement on Sunday by not showing up. And I know, oh, it's raining. Oh, the weather is bad. It's December football. The team sucks. One win. (laughs) Although they doubled their pleasure yesterday to the chagrin of the Falcons. And Chris called it. Desmond Ritter is going to throw an interception that's going to change the game. And he did. And the Panthers won. Somebody said last week that Arthur Smith is safe barring a disaster down the stretch disaster engaged that might have been walker you're a panther fan and you said on friday there was really no reason to want to go to the game outside of just how cheap it was Mm -hmm. did you view sunday as a message towards david tepper or just the fact that it was cold it was raining and there was no need to go and willingly watch a one in 12 football team this was not the game that was a message to david tepper it was the other games even leading up to this one where the fans didn't have a great turnout, where you could not blame it on the weather. Because I understand not wanting to go see a bad football team take on another under 500 football team in a monsoon where we were projected to get not only two inches of rain on the football field and in the stands, but also the wind blowing at about 15, 20 miles per hour. I could absolutely understand not wanting to go there. And if they did show up, then we saw a bunch of people texting in that did go to Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, we didn't last very long. So, no, this was not the message to David Tepper. Yes, clearly there'd be more people there if this was a team fighting for a playoff spot, fighting for the best record in the NFL, if they weren't only with one win going into this game. Clearly there'd be more people, but there are lots of other reasons not to go to this game. I don't view this one as the message. I view the other games where not too many people showed up, despite the weather being fine. Yeah, and I think it was a a big message because, like I said, we saw Vashti uh, report that she had heard that it was about 5,500 because that's about what it looked like. And you talked about the games prior to that one, but this one this weekend, if the Panthers had been in contention or been in the mix for the NFC South, I have no doubts the stands would have been packed no matter what the weather was. But I think that the weather played a part in it, but the Panthers and the fans being fed up definitely was the overlying uh, thought there. And I think it certainly sent a message to David Tepper that the fans are just getting sick and tired of this and you're going to get more of it until you improve things. Just got a notification from the Panthers' Twitter account. No Brian Burns today at practice with an illness. No YGM. Marquise Haynes also out mm. with an illness. So, uh, you know, look, they, they they got the win on. They're feeling, they're feeling sick after winning. 
Well, uh, the defensive end room looks like that thing's going around when those positions meet. Yeah. So Brian Burns out, YGM, Marquise Haynes. You said both. It was the latter of the three that had the illnesses. Yeah. So let's go ahead and separate the defensive end room a little bit. (laughs) It seems like a good idea. Yesterday, we we talked about the 11 ductees going into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. And one of them, former Davidson head coach Bob McKillop, joined the Kyle Bailey show yesterday after he talked about what it means to be inducted into the hall. Well, I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Jerry McGee, who heads the board of directors and the board. Uh, what a great honor it is for a New Yorker to spend as much time as I have in the state of North Carolina, almost half of my lifetime, and to enjoy this opportunity to, to join the Hall of Fame with such an illustrious group of coaches, athletes, administrators uh, is quite a joy for me. And it means that I had outstanding players, and it means I had outstanding assistant coaches, and it means I had an incredible family who sat by my side and nudged me forward and allowed me to work through my inadequacies to get to this point where uh, I can celebrate those years I roamed the sidelines at Davidson. Walker, we all know that in this state, Dean Smith, Coach K, Roy Williams are the names of basketball royalty. Does Bob McKillop deserve to be maybe in the same breath for the impact he had on the game of basketball in a state that loves the game like ours? All right, so if I say no here, then yeah, I know. That's a great question. Well, Thank you, Wes. Thank you. Right, like... Yeah, I think Dean Smith and Coach K are certainly going to be and in, Roy Williams. in a different tier. And honestly, I'm with you. Yeah, I think Roy Williams, too. So Bob McKillop it might, might be below that, but certainly not here locally. Like, Bob McKillop deserves every single nomination, every single vote that he gets to go into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. And the fact that he was with Davidson for so long... And if you look at his coaching record, this man was getting to the NCAA tournament real consistently at the beginning of his tenure, independent, good old independent Davidson in 89 and 1990, his first year there. They go 4-24, and 10-19, and 11-17, 500 at 14-14, and 14, and then you start winning from there on, become the regular season champion a few years, then you get to the big dance, where that was the goal every year. That was the goal for little old Davidson. And then they even go on the run with Steph Curry. One of the things, too, I wanted to give him more credit for, everybody goes to Steph Curry, which is so true. That is the best basketball player he's ever recruited his entire life. Okay? That's the one. You also got him enough help to go on that run. Like, Jason Richards was a bad man. They had a good team. That was a perfect team to compliment Steph and what he brought. Loved me some Andrew Lovedale back in the day. And it was that three that was that was you know along with Sander who was also a good scorer down low. They Sander would eat down there too, and he had a bag. Just he did a good job of okay, we can hit with Steph, but also let's get the right role players around. And so it wasn't just oh we won on this lottery ticket. Nah, you got some other talented players in there too that was really able to help Steph and Davidson you know play for a chance to go to the final four. Yeah, I mean ten NCAA tournament appearances, nine times Southern Conference Coach of the Year, two time A ten Coach of the Year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I put him up there with the Dean Smiths and those guys, but he's certainly in that next tier. He's a Hall of Fame coach in his own right. And again, to do what he did at a school like Davidson with those stringent academic requirements, you never looked at a Davidson team when they walked out on the floor and was like, man, this team is getting ready to come out here and get it in. And then 
they get after your behind, man. So I think he did an excellent job at that school. And he was a guy that was loyal to his program because I'm sure there were times when Wake Forest was looking yeah. for a coach and he was at the top of the list. I'm sure there's been times when Carolina or other programs were looking for a coach and he was at the top of the list. So there were many times he could have gone to greener pastures, but he liked where he was at Davidson. Even if he did pass to my brother as a prospect, he, did. he said no thank why. you and, to my And brother. I would be okay with that if you had a little bit of personal you know, stuff with him if, if you weren't feeling that, you know? No, nah, okay. he probably made the right decision. Sorry, <laughs> bro. What you got for me, Fitty? All right. The last piece of audio is specifically for Wes Bryant. Um, I tried right. to play it Monday, tried to play it Tuesday. He told me in a text separate from the group chat, I had to play it today or Shroppy was going to be the board out moving forward. Oh, man. But after the another tough, masterful performance from Brock Purdy on Sunday afternoon, Followed by a great performance from Lamar Jackson on Sunday night, Kyle Shanahan weighed in on the MVP race between Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson. I don't have to differentiate, thank goodness. Um, but, I mean, there's been around a couple MVPs probably in my career, and these two are as, I don't, I mean, is this the most obvious thing to me? I mean, obviously I might be biased being on their team, but I don't think so. I just got to, like I said last week, all you got to do is look at numbers or you got to look at the film. And, um, Whichever one you say is more important to you, I think it's extremely obvious. And if they're both important to you, then you should make it even that much stronger. But those guys are playing pretty good. Wes, <laughs> Christmas night. Maybe the best gift of all is a Super Bowl preview between Baltimore and San Francisco. Are you of the belief that whoever emerges victorious in this game probably is the NFL MVP this season. Yeah, I think that when you look at the performance Dak Prescott had this weekend and then Ooh. when you look at what Jalen Hurts, the three-game losing streak coming at the worst possible time for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think it has come down to that. We talked about Christian McCaffrey being in this mix too, but I think that it's going to come down to this football game and which player uh, wins this game. I think Baltimore has a couple of tougher games left on their slate too, but this is the one. This is the one that everybody's going to point to. We've had multiple games of the year doing air quotes uh, multiple of those this year but this is the one right now this is the most current game of the year and yeah I think these are the two front runners right now and I think whoever emerges victorious from this game and plays a great game doesn't necessarily have to be just otherworldly but if they play a solid game and their team wins I think that's going to be the person that's going to vault to the front of the line see I don't care who Kyle Shanahan thinks should win MVP between Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy <laughs> what I want to know from Shanahan is who he thinks should win MVP between Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Because he said, look, I'm not biased. Like, yeah, okay. Go ahead and say Lamar Jackson, seeing if that's not a topic point across every single sports radio station in the country. You're not going to say, well, Brock Purdy was okay. Like, he's, he's done a good job. But Lamar, I think he's number one. I want to hear what you got to say about Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Because we know Purdy is doing the humble thing. He's saying, I think Christian McCaffrey should win the MVP. But then everybody is sticking up for Brock Purdy saying, no, we think Brock Purdy should win MVP on that team. What would Shanahan say in that moment? Would he say McCaffrey? Would he um, say Brock? I think, I think he would say, oh, well, look, both means, of them would be He'd go either one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he'd say either one of those guys. Yeah, like John Harbaugh, you know, if John Harbaugh was trying to tell you, yeah, you know, Brock Purdy, he's probably right. I don't think Lamar should win it. Like, maybe Lamar's like fourth, please. Are you kidding me? That's not going to happen. <laughs> I do agree, though. I do think whoever wins this game, that's probably going to be the guy that has the leg up. We had a very similar situation with the Heisman Trophy when it was yeah. Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Mm -hmm. And then Michael, uh, Michael Penix ended up 
like not putting up crazy stats, and then yeah, I guess that yeah, left the door open yeah. for Jaden. But we had that conversation about if Bo Nix would have won, Bo would have gotten it. I think. You think that? Would he have taken it over Jaden? I think Daniels? if Bo Nix would have gotten it, yes. Yeah. I thought that he was going to win the game and have his Heisman moment. I think probably you're right. Is that it, Fiddy? Any more live wire sound? That's it. Okay. Oh, you sound sad. Are you okay? Do you want to play some more? You can if you want. No. All right. No, I'm not sad, man. Okay. <laughs> sound? Oh, what's going on? <laughs> Where's the energy? All right. We're going to see what's wrong with Fiddy on the other side of the break, and he's going to come back with more energy. We might have to have him go with another War Cry Wednesday on the other side. I do want to do a check-in with the division overall. Which team in the NFC South can be Carolina's biggest challenge to winning the division title in the future? And is Baker Mayfield, former Panther, the most coveted free agent quarterback this offseason. Lots of NFC South conversation. Also, we get more energy from Fiddy. Coming up next, Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're not in the hotel lobby. We're right here in the studio bringing you the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. On a Wednesday, hump day, and uh, some good sports tonight. Led off by the Jumpman Classic. We've also got some other ranked ACC matchups as well. College basketball starting to heat up. We've gotten a little bit into conference play, but not all the way. We've got... Uh, but big games going down tonight, whether you talk about Baylor, top 10 matchup for the Duke Blue Devils at 21. So they're sitting there right now. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. NC State taking on St. Louis. That's not much of a matchup there, depending on how you look at it. St. Louis is 7-5, and 0-2 oh uh, away. But the Tar Heels have yet another test tonight. The Oklahoma Sooners undefeated 10-0, but Carolina right now, three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in this matchup. And the Sooners are the fifth-ranked opponent in its last six games. So the Heels really prepping for March with these difficult matchups. This marks the first time UNC has ever played five-ranked teams in a six-game stretch in the regular season. The last time they played four-ranked teams in six games was 2019-2020. Six of UNC's opponents this season are in this week's AP Top 25. Kim Palm ranks their schedule 21st toughest in the country. Oklahoma's one of four unbeatens uh, in the country. Carolina, though, is 3-0 all-time against Oklahoma with all three games having been played at neutral sites, including the last two in the NCAA tournament. And this is the first time that they've played the Sooners since a 72-60 win in Memphis, Tennessee. And another good omen for the Tar Heels. They are 15-2 and two in the Spectrum Center, 
from 2006 to 2022. So what are your thoughts on this big matchup going down and the Spectrum Center. You went over some of the history. I can remember the NCAA tournament run they had in 09. They beat Blake Griffin. That was a very good Oklahoma team. And during that 09 run, did not have really any problem except for maybe LSU in the second round. That was about it. It wasn't. It was still a comfortable enough win for Carolina mm-hmm. to continue on. And then you go over the Spectrum Center record. The last loss I would imagine they have is in that excellent ACC tournament game against Duke where they lost to Zion. I don't think they've had a loss in the Spectrum Center since then. That was the first Duke, the only Duke-North Carolina game I've ever been to. Got to sit courtside. One of my best sports memories of all time. Right there at the basket where Kobe White shoots it, and it hits off the back iron and bounces right back out. And watching Zion up close and personal was crazy. The history bodes well for him, though. I look at this matchup, Wes, and you mentioned North Carolina being tested. Oklahoma just really hasn't been. Like Even one of their tougher non-conference opponents that they had, 23-ranked USC at the time, they've been mass, uh, massively underperforming. So the Trojans are just 6-5 and five this year, and they only beat them by a couple of points. You did have a 9-point win against Arkansas. Arkansas, one of the better wins North Carolina has, too. Arkansas, only 6-4. and four. So I can see how, in the Spectrum Center, there's going to be more Heels fans there tonight. I would expect them to be favored, even if Oklahoma is still a good basketball team. I I still think North Carolina is going to win a, a lot of games this year. I, I think they're still a good basketball team, and it doesn't really matter what happens tonight against Oklahoma. But you still want to see them go at least one and two in this three-game stretch. Yeah. Like, you want to leave with one of these victories against a ranked opponent that you've had. Even if you have a couple of wins over ranked opponents previously, I, I you don't want them to go 0-3. You want them to have something that you can look back on at the end of the season and say, hey, that was a real, that was a game that mattered getting better seeding in the NCAA tournament. This is why we should be ranked higher than Team X. So maybe you can get that win against Oklahoma tonight, and that would be a big deal because even if it's a neutral site game, like it still kind of favors you being here in Charlotte. So I, I this would be a huge win for them just to almost validate what people that are high on North Carolina think already. Well, as our resident UNC diehard fan, Fitty, what do you think about this matchup? And R.J. Davis tonight, 26-plus points in five straight games. How big does he need to be, and do you think he's going to go to that threshold or more tonight? Yeah, I mean, it just feels like right now he's going to score 26, 27 points, go 8 of 17 from the field, and be the reason why Carolina either wins the game or is in position to to me, this is a swing game. I think if Carolina wins, you're you're on the trajectory where you think that they can legitimately compete for an ACC that's kind of upside down right now with a slow start to the season for Duke and uneven results for Miami and Virginia. And, I, and I'm never going to put faith in Clemson basketball. If you lose, it's not like last year where you, you start to worry about it if this team is a tournament team or not. But you just wonder, you know, can they can, can they beat big big teams, big time win big time games away from home? Um, because you'd have you'd have lost on a neutral floor to UConn, who's the best team in the country I've seen, a neutral floor to a Kentucky team that I think will win the SEC. And this Oklahoma team, the schedule isn't overbearing. They don't have the ranked teams that Carolina has played. Um, 
They've got six dudes that average eight points per game or more and eight guys that average seven points per game or more, all while giving up the 14th fewest points in the country. So this is a complete basketball team. I like this from Fiddy right there. That was very thorough. Fiddy, do you think the Hills hmm. get it done tonight, though? That's the question. I think so, Wes. I, I, I think... Um, you know, this program, whenever they're dealing with a loss, the family shows up in a big way. I think they'll be emotional. There'll be a different sense of motivation to go out there and win this one for the big fella. It's in their backyard. History uh, tells you they fa- they're 165-27 all-time in Charlotte, on, on top of being 15-2 and two in Spectrum Center. Um, and I think they know that they gave away the game on Saturday as much as Kentucky won it. So I think they bounce back. Oh, okay. Uh, is the family as good as the brotherhood or what? Next question. <laughs> Protect the family, Michael. <laughs> Protect the family. The other stat I really wanted to mention as I was looking at some of the players for Oklahoma, it does seem like they're susceptible to rebounding teams. And we know that North Carolina just got beat against Kentucky because Kentucky rebounded at a high level and Armando Baycott didn't show up on the boards. He had six total, and that six rebounding total that he had matched the turnover total. And that's not something that you can expect Armando Baycott to consistently do and win basketball games. They average under 40 boards per game right now, Oklahoma does, and that's good for 73rd in the country. So can North Carolina get back on track? Can Harrison Ingram, who's been a good rebounder, not so much the last couple of contests, We know about Baycott being the school's all-time leader in rebounds by a wide margin. So this is what, Fiddy, you were talking about, too. We can go back to you. But you want to see Baycott perform and do the things that he's always done well here tonight to have a nice win on their resume. He's got to show up like an 18th year college player. That's right. I mean, look, I'm an an Armando, Armando Baycott guy. I love him. I think he's a great ambassador. But he's hindered this team, and he's he's stunting the growth of of other bigs because, you know, he's been the the, the one constant because you knew he was going to give you 18 and 12 every single night. That hasn't been the case so far this year in the big games. It came up small against Kentucky, got overwhelmed by UConn. That can't happen tonight. This needs to be, you know, a 21 and 12, 21 and 13 type of game. I think he's struggling no longer being the primary focus on offense. There's no excuse tonight for lack of boards. No. Against Oklahoma, you got to crash the glass hard, and especially the defensive glass, because if you're North Carolina, it irks that team, it irks that fan base way more to see the other team getting all the offensive boards because that's what Roy instituted as a principle with this organization. And so to find that happening to you, not for you, yeah, man, Heels fans don't like that. And there's no excuse for that to happen against Oklahoma, who's not great at Yeah, uh, after a nine-point outing, he's got to show and prove because, in my opinion, he's been passed by Flip as the best big uh, in this conference right now. When you talk about from an offensive perspective, Baycott's got to get on track tonight and have a great game. But turning the page, speaking of Flip and the crew, got to take on Baylor. And in their only series meeting, Duke defeated Baylor 78-71 in the NCAA Regional Finals in March of 2010. And so Baylor's the eighth highest scoring team in the country. So this is going to be quite a challenge for the Blue Devils. They're second in the nation in three-point field goal percentage, seventh in field goal percentage, six Baylor Bears average double figures in scoring. Dukes are combined 95 and 33. That's 74.2% for those counting at home. All-time in 12 current NBA venues, including 40 and 18 inside of Madison Square Garden. Duke 16 uh, and 8 and has won nine of his last 11 games played on December 20th. 
Kyle Filipowski, sixth in scoring 18.4 points per game, third in rebounding in the ACC, 9.2, and sixth in block shots, around two blocks per game. What are you expecting from the Blue Devils tonight as they take on Baylor? Well, so Tyrese Proctor, much has been made about his play. I know he's gotten injured. You bring up Flip having surpassed Armando Baycott as the best big in the conference. He actually is showing up quite a bit on the glass. Only one out of his last five games as he failed to reach 10 rebounds. And he's actually doing a pretty nice job on the offensive side of things, too. You look at what he's doing, 28 points last time out against Hofstra, only five against Charlotte in 32 minutes. That was kind of a dud, but did have 26 and 21 to start this last five-game stretch, including a loss that they suffered to Arkansas. So with Kyle Filipowski and what he's been doing this year, like I want to see if he can continue that, what you were talking about, being the guy that also has a lot of ground to make up for the NBA draft circles. I feel like people are starting to kind of move out of having him a lottery pick. I'm not saying mock drafts won't have him up there, but at least just when you hear people talk about him, like mm-hmm. the Sam Vecinis of the world, like people that really do a nice job of projecting him to the next level, it just doesn't feel like they talk about him with the same kind of projection no. as they did last year. All right, so Fiddy, I'll start the conversation with you here. Out of these three teams, which one do you trust the most between uh, 18th-ranked Clemson, 21st-ranked Duke, and your Tar Heels currently ranked at 11th? I would still go Duke because I think their ceiling is higher. Like, I picked Carolina to make the Final Four, but I don't know if they're a national championship team. Like, you, you saw them get exposed in multiple ways against UConn and Kentucky. I think once Duke gets a little bit more healthier and they just figure out what everyone's role is offensively, their ceiling is a national championship. They've got the most collective talent of any team in the country. And I think John Shire proved last year as a first-year head coach, they're going to get better as the season moves along. And I think by the time we get to March and we're filling out brackets, you'll see them in the second weekend of the tournament, if not in the Final Four and beyond. Are we in a weird spot where North Carolina, that team, has more depth than Duke. Like we've seen no. Duke top heavy before, but if you look at at least who Duke trusts right now, you're not seeing them go very deep on their bench besides Blake's. And I guess with Tyrese Proctor out, that would give them seven that you really trust according to John Shire. But man, they've, they've not played a tough schedule. And even against some of these, you know, lower tier teams, you're still going with a pretty tight rotation. It's so similar to what Carolina did last year and in the non-conference season where they developed no depth. Well, and so if you're North Carolina, like I expect Cadeau to get better. I mean, we're talking about what? A really small sample size. I expect him to get better. And so you look at the bench. You have Withers, 19 minutes. Trimble, 16 minutes. Wojcik only played two. But Jalen Washington, I expect to get better as well. I Same thing for Duke. I just... It's usually not North Carolina that has the depth, right? Like, it's usually Hubert Davis only going with the top five, at least the last couple of years that he's been coaching. But this season, maybe you got a little bit more, as we've seen, and just comparing it to Duke is the thing that interests me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you might want to look outside and see if Hill's freezing over, but I would definitely say right now, I trust the Tar Heels a little bit more than the rest of these teams because they've been more battle-tested to this point. They've got wins on their resume over 20th-ranked Arkansas, at least they were at that time. 
uh, went over Tennessee. We saw what they did to NC State. Uh, they they were in the game with UConn uh, for the most part. And then Kentucky, you know, they played them all the way down the wire. So, you know, the attrition catches up with these guys, even though they've had plenty of rest in between uh, some of those matchups like they did between UConn and Kentucky. But we'll see what they do tonight. Elliot Cadell, that's that's a guy for me that's an X factor. If they can get more out of him offensively, I think it takes him to another level. But a guy that, you know, at seven points a game, not bad. But with the, with the you know, the way that he was touted coming in, I would expect more from this young man, especially shooting 27% from three and only taking one per contest. He's got to shoot the basketball. The only way you're going to get more confidence shooting the ball in games is to shoot the ball in games, and he needs to shoot. Well, yeah, his shot is not good. Like, I'm not going to debate that. I think it's a lot to try to figure out how to play alongside R.J. Davis as somebody that had the basketball in their hands constantly he in does but he passes up open shots i looked at the last game he oh, had no. an open three and then he head fakes and drives and passes and i'm like what are you doing but that's he just, can't shoot the three but that's, but, that's, <laughs> but, but that's just my point yeah. you're trying to figure out somebody that does that used to have the basketball in their hands at all times and creating for others now has to give it up to maybe the conference player of the year at this point in rj davis and so you're not going to take food off of his plate and hand it over to the freshman that is trying to figure out exactly how to play with that guy. And maybe that's something where you start to stagger their minutes more so. And you got to figure out at some point to have your two best players. Cause in theory, Cadeau is a better talent than anybody else that they could have alongside a RJ Davis. I think that there's still some stuff there that you can do because I think Cadeau is a very good attacker. There are some movements that shake defenders out of their feet that he can get to the rack. And if he can finish at a high enough level, you can get by in college without a great shot. No, it's not ideal. But Cadeau is talented enough to where you can figure it out after 10 games against this type of schedule. Yeah, I'm not tripping off Cadeau. And we'll, if we might have a different conversation, like if it's happening midway through conference play, mm-hmm. then all right, then it's time to get on it. But right now, 10 games with this gauntlet of a schedule that you've had, hey, here's the fire, you're in it. I can understand why it's not necessarily fantastic right now. Uh, yeah, because if he keeps it up the way he's going, I'm going to get on my Skip Bayless and start calling him Elliot Cadont. Okay, because uh, he can't shoot the basketball. Cadeau, yeah, okay. Cadeau, Cadon't. Yeah, Cadeau, Cadon't. Yeah, yeah, now, whatever. that was usually what was the saying with McAdoo, McAcan, McAdon't, McAcan, McAwon't, something <laughs> like that. I think that was because of his attitude Do we think Duke wins tonight, though? That, that's the question. Do we think they get it done against a high-powered offense like this, averaging 88 points per contest in Baylor? I don't think so. Baylor got ran out of the gym on Saturday by... Michigan State and Tom Izzo in a, in, a, in, a, in a game that the Sparty needed to get to 500 after starting preseason number four in the country. That's a proud program. And then you mentioned they can score it as well as anybody. I think Baylor edges them out in a close one. Yeah, their backcourt is real high profile. And if you look at their bad shooting performance, I don't think that happens again. Three of nine, five of nine. I don't expect that to happen against uh, Duke here tonight. Yeah, and I think if, if Tyrese Proctor is still out for this contest, I think that could hurt them a lot as well. But, uh, oh, call me crazy. I'm going to go with Duke at home, man. Duke just got that pedigree, man. When teams come in and they, they play against this team, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Duke tonight. So uh, that's my pick as well. Fiddy, you got another flash for us before we close this thing down? Flash is Fiddy. Not literally, though. Yeah, there he goes. Ooh, West of the I thought I could catch him in time, man. I just had to make sure I was seeing what I was seeing. 
<sighs> well, that's my last flash I'll ever do because I'll be in. Uh, I'll be meeting with HR after the show. After I, uh, you, you hold on. I'm sorry. You want to go to HR and explain how this happened? You want to go to HR and tell them what you did to us? That I was bullied into uh, into taking off my shirt and, and flashing y'all during. <laughs> a sad flash. Um, I didn't play this during the live wire, but I wanted to get Wes's thoughts. It was official yesterday, or made, it was made official yesterday, that America's quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, will not be playing football with my vomit bag this season. We, I think we all thought this was going to be the end result anyway because no one's returned from an Achilles injury mid-year. Wes, did this uh, further your hatred for the four-time NFL MVP? It didn't further my hatred. It just confirmed the type of guy he is, a pompous, arrogant, look-at-me crap hole. Okay, that's exactly what he is. (laughs) This is the guy that all season, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be the first guy to do it with an Achilles. Everybody knew. I tore my dog on Achilles. I knew he wasn't coming back this season that fast, but that's what Aaron Rodgers does. He just showed you guys what type of guy he is this year. He came in a team just loving on him, treating him like he was a god, even though he chokes more time than giving your infant steak at Mm. six months old. Okay, this guy chokes all the time in the playoffs. You can't trust him there. He still gets this boogeyman type of mystique about him, even though he hadn't won jack-ish. Okay, and then he comes back talking about, I'm going to come back from an Achilles faster than anybody. No, you didn't. Sit your ass down and go on somewhere, man. I'm I'm so tired of Aaron Rodgers, man. That's some leader, huh? Man, don't give your infant steak. Don't do that. Yeah, Yeah, that's (laughs) ill-advised. I'm not a parent, but I feel pretty good about that advice I just gave parents. Don't give your infant steak. That's it. I'll end there. Do you want me to take it or do you got me? No, man. I got you, man. Okay. So when we come back, we're going to turn the lights off and close this thing down. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Segment of Wes and Walker right here, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. 925 wanted to know, Fitty, if you're going to the Jumpman Invitational tonight with the certain Jordans on the feet. You gonna go wear the University Blues over there or are you not doing it? You know, I thought about it um, when I was getting my uh, my uh, media row clothes together for, for today. Got got a new outfit. 
New pants, new button-down shirt, bringing out tonight. I thought, I thought if I wore either my either pair of my my, my UNC Jordans, it would let the media know who I'm there wanting to win. <laughs> and that's I'm just gonna be frank with you. It's probably gonna happen anyway. Yeah, you're you're a USC blogger. Why would you not? You know, like if they go on a 12-0 run, there might be a fist bump or two that you might see come out of come, come from me, but. Uh, I did not, man. I, br- I brought the dress shoes that I'm going to wear over to Spectrum Center later tonight. All right. Well, Fitty, the thing is, you got a haircut this week. You got a new suit on. You got to take some pictures for the dating profile, man. It's true. You're going to have to have flat. You got to look off in the distance, get some good lighting yeah, in the background. Yeah, some candids. Yeah, some candids, you know. And then just put that as the profile pic. You know, yeah. don't look straight at it because I just don't feel like those are all, always the best options. Just look off into the distance, have flounder. Give you can be there, man. Well, whoever you can find somebody with a working finger to snap that photo. So yeah. you want me to? You want me? To, Nada, I believe, is going to be there tonight. Yeah, he'll do it. Friend of the show, big supporter of yours, truly. I, I don't know <laughs> if we have the relationship though. Nada, if you're listening, please do this for Walker and I. Please do it. Or just be take like, a photo. I just don't. <laughs> you you ask strangers to take a photo. Yeah. Not me. Just do it candid, man. Just do it and act like, you know, you're looking at the game, but yet you're standing and all that. It's going to take multiple pictures, and then we'll pick the best one tomorrow to go on a dating profile. I'm also kind of sad that I'm going by myself because uh, I don't know where the media room is. I've been in the media room one time downstairs, and I want to go downstairs to do the postgame press conference, maybe ask Huber Davis a couple questions. You got to, Fitty. But I don't know how to get there, Walker. As a guy that lives there, when you go to the Spectrum and watch the Hornets play, can you give me some good directions about being in the actual arena? I'll I'll give you some directions. It's easy. So I'll let you know. I'll let you know. You just go through the tunnel, and then, I mean, you want me to say it now is what you're trying to tell me? You're trying to go through these directions now? You're going to have to write them down so you don't forget. Okay. I mean, that's that's fair enough. We'll get you in the right spot. We'll get you walking your J's over there, too. We do have DJ Skinner asking, uh, is this full shirtless? I plead the fifth on that. I don't want to get Fitty in trouble and then get blamed for his <laughs> like firing or anything like that. So I'm not going to say anything. And last one on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, Hollywood A said, Wes said Duke at home. I've been trying to tell my brothers that New York is a home Duke game with them playing at yeah, Madison Square the Garden. Qu- the God. Yeah, like so it, it, is, it is a home game for them. All right, we've been waiting for a long time to open this present so long that flounder tried to open it for us i still can't believe he did that yeah so let's do it you had something else you want well, to say i was just gonna get people a quick uh recruiting update as we close this thing i just real quick if that's okay what if i said no <laughs> then i'd be like okay i won't do it what if I, no i don't think so <laughs> no, but real quick on. as we stand uh georgia alabama ohio state round out the top three for recruiting classes followed by texas florida state oregon uh, Miami, Auburn, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. That's your top 10 as we sit right now for National Sign of Day team rankings, according to 247 Sports. All right, now let's get to All right, let's open up the present before somebody else does it. Once again, just for those that don't know, Ms. Julie, listener of not Thank only you, the Julie. show, but also the entire station, loves the lineup, the Concepciones. They have it on daily and could not appreciate their support enough, especially with the homemade fudge that she gave us a couple of months ago. Just for those that don't know what Fitty had to say about it, he said that fudge was better than his mama's. Like, if you say a certain type of food is better than what grandma used to make, you know it's hitting yeah, more than anything. Grandma, mom's, yes. Yeah, it's it's probably the best 
compliment you could get as yeah. a cook. So let's go ahead and open it up. Uh-oh. We like to open presents up on this here show. So we're doing what it here right now. Yep. Oh, we got our names on it. On the Tupperware. Oh! It's a lot of fudge. We that is. Individual fudge. I think we did. Oh, man. I think we did. That's what it is. Yep. And here's Wes. And it's empty. We got Walker. We got Wes. That's kind of crazy. It is. I'll share with you, Fitty. I'll share with you. I'm sorry, man. Look, it said. Got to get my name on the show. It did said Wes. It says, you know, Merry Christmas, WFNZ. I guess like that's just with that. I'm playing. I'm oh, playing. Yeah, there, it you. there it is. A tub of it fun. Says, oh, Josh man. on it. There you go. So big thank you. Huge thank you. Thank you. Man, this is a lot of fun. It's a lot. It weighs a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like you might have to, you have to pay a little bit if you're going to take this on a plane and check it. You're going to have to pay an extra fee because this thing has got some weight to it. Wes is already going in for the bite. Yeah, it's the end of the show, so. Going in, so <laughs> almost. Yeah, we got three minutes left, but it's the end of the show enough for us to go ahead and indulge on the fudge. Thank you, Ms. Julie, once again. That's what everybody oh, should call it. so delicious. It's so good, man. No doubt about it. I know Fitty wants to come over here and get it as well. Just hold on for three minutes. You're not allowed to leave the board. <laughs> Don't want to get in trouble with the program director. That would Colin be my back. luck to leave the board mid-show to get a piece of fudge and something shortens out. Would you have my back if I were to lie to the powers that be as to why I was not behind the board? Oh, I would laugh. I think it would be hilarious if the time that you left, it was you had to explain to somebody why. Well, I mean, I wasn't there. What in the world? What was so important that you weren't manning the board when this thing happened? Well, I... Have you ever had Miss Julie's fudge before? <laughs> and Rod just wanted to kill you for it. Yeah, I would laugh uh, a ton. So, yeah, thank you again. And here's the other thing. We got one more episode. We got one more show for you tomorrow before we take a big, long break and we start to have a different schedule. And I think after this, at, as we get to the new year, I think we need to make it official. That's when the punishments are going to start to roll in. At that point, we really need to make sure... We give you the bee costume. We give you the Duke costume. We give you the hot chicken wings. We give you the North Carolina outfit for Wes, since he's a big old fan of their basketball team this year. We can give you all of the punishments that we promised you during street turkeys, and that will be our Christmas, our holiday present to you. You excited about that, or are you I'm really excited? What are you thinking about? You're thinking about something else. Where are you at? No, I'm just excited talking about, thinking about everything you were talking about, man. Since I missed the show. About. What are you? I'm thinking Talk about this fudge, to be frank, Talk how good this fudge is. That's what I'm thinking you. about. All right, what you got, Fitty? Um, since I missed the show, did y'all make it known the order that the punishments are going to go, or is it just going to be at, at random? A, okay. It's going to be ready for wings. I'm ready for that orange soda for you to do. I'm not ready for putting on anything Carolina related. I'm going to make sure I take my allergy medicine that day so I don't break out in hives. (laughs) You should. The first show of the new year, Walker, it's it's bee costume. I I have thought about this Mm -hmm. (laughs) an unhealthy amount of times. Yeah, that bee costume, I'm going to look like a a damn fool. Are are you going to... Wear it like while you drive into the station. No, or? no, 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 no. no. Oh. I'm not going to be wearing that. What you want me? That's not like. Okay, maybe people would look into the car and find it funny, and that's I. I could do it just for, just for the ride in here. All right, maybe you talk. And to we me might need it. to, you know, get you dancing on the street corner or something. <laughs> Why are we adding more things? That to might it? be pretty good, you know. And for you. <laughs> 
like your mascot. The Chick-fil-A mascot was standing outside uh, in Concord yesterday on the street flagging people in. But you don't know who it was because their face was covered. That's right. Mine is not going to be. Yeah. People are going to know who it is out there on the street. But that's going to make them say, hey, man, I want to listen to that guy. All right. We also have 570 texting in to end the show. Day one of texting here until Fiddy gets a girlfriend. And so we're going to see with this profile that we take. That's the number one thing Mm -hmm. that we want on this show in 2024. So Fiddy to find some love, man. That's our New Year's resolution. It's mine, too. It's Wes's. It's mine. Should be Fiddy's. We're already starting off with a new suit. New outfit for Fitty. We'll see what holds, uh, what what 2024 holds. New profile pick. Hashtag new profile pick. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. One more show before we take a long break. We will be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3. Kyle Bailey coming at you in just a moment. Of course, alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.